0: quickly we pray, in Jesus' name. My title is, Come Out of Her, My People. Come Out of Her, My People. When I was working at a plant in tech services, people would ask me questions question about my faith. And they would get upset as if they were the one living what I love. And I thought, pretty strange. I didn't tell you I had a hurt. I didn't tell you I felt like I was being defrauded. I paid my tithe because I wanted to. I lived the way I live because I love it. It wasn't a burden to my heart. I didn't feel like I was being legalistically carried beyond my will, kicking and fighting and fraud. I choose to live this way. I choose to dress this way. I choose to believe what I believe. And I make no apology for the worship that I offer and the modest way I want to care of myself, because I'm doing it to please one admirer, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the world wants me to become accommodating. They would like us to become assimilated. They want to make allowances for their system of lifestyle, belief system and their way of doing things in order that I may have their fellowship or their gracious attendance. But I want them to know that I serve a God that is peculiar, distinct from any other God. And when God told Israel, sanctify me among the gods, in other words, Set me apart from the other gods that your fathers know. Don't treat me like those gods out there. I am that I am. And anybody who try to live the Pentecostal lifestyle against your will is the most miserable person I know to attend church. Because nobody's gonna be happy, amen, living the Pentecostal way if you don't have the Pentecostal love. You've got to have a love for truth. <laughs> now, some people call us underprivileged children. <laughs> That's what they figure that our title means. But I don't feel underprivileged. I don't feel I should be pitied by anybody. One thing I never do if I was at my job, never let my friends feel sorry for me. I never need their pity. I never need their handouts. Because I feel like Nehemiah I brought so much on my God. I told about the ability of my God that I couldn't have the nerve to ask them to help me. But I could go to God in prayer who is an eye-opener, a door-opener, a way-opener and can do all things. When I came in Pentecost, I know what I was getting into. I knew I had to repent of my sins. Not just confess them, but repent, meaning turning from them. I have not gone back and pick up what I've thrown down. I don't think I should go in the cemetery and dig up my fossils. <laughs> I'm a dead man. I'm a new man. Your <laughs> man is dead. He's buried now. I get these Bible scholars coming up with these fantastic findings from archaeologists. That's the dumbest profession there's in the world, being paid to dig up dead men's bones. Hallelujah! And they bring all these findings and say, "Look, this disqualify your belief. This disqualify your faith. This tear down your confidence. Say you got it all wrong." I don't put my faith in the spade of some grave digger, or some rock climber, amen, or some moon gazer, or star astrologist. I don't put my faith in some philosopher who is just talking words, but can't back it up with deeds. Hello, I don't let carbon-14 mess up my mind about creation or potassium organ. I don't let some guy with some so-called ingenuity mess up my continuity with Jesus Christ. I know in whom I believed. I'll take my chance on Pentecost. And for me, Pentecost is not a religion. It's not a denomination. It's not some religious belief that I have concocted because some guy in the U.S.A. or Rome bring it together. No. This was the teaching of God. At Mount Sinai, when God spoke to Moses and says, this is the way it's going to be. And I'm so glad that's the way it still is. I want this which is that, spoken by the prophet and the apostles and Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. Now I must tell you, I don't get happy when I see these false churches are built like stadium and they can't hold the overflow. They almost sit in each other's laps. But then I hear God say to me, "Now, boy, do you want what they have, or you want to be thankful for what you got?" Now, a lot of people have made a conscious decision that this is not their church. Now, I don't believe in one bit. I don't believe in one bit because you know it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing. It's like marriage. Some folks want in and some people want out. Those who are in want out, and those who are out want in. And they both passed away on their way in and out. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I don't feel that way like they feel. I feel it was a good decision. I have no regret. My only regret was, I wish I started sooner. I had to be longer in it. Hallelujah. I don't want to forget the day I got saved. And amen, the time I came in the church. It was 1972 That's when I came in. And I'm not going back. I'm not going back. i got a chance to go to heaven. I'm not going to mess that up. I don't care what the devil said. I don't want nothing he has. I want to go on the record. I don't want nothing the devil has. He can keep it all, give it to somebody else. Don't try to interest me. I'm not interested. I find no fault in Christianity. I find no fault in Jesus. I find no fault in preaching. I find no fault in teaching. No doctrine of the Bible hurts my feeling. No standards upset my living. I am happy sharing God in Pentecostal faith. Prayer meeting is my necessity. Song service is my joy. Preaching is my salvation. Holiness is my hope. Hallelujah. And righteousness is my landmark. I'm trying to tell somebody I'm glad I'm in. Count me in, Jesus. Hallelujah. The law said if I was mindful of where I came out of, I would have had opportunity to return. I don't need opportunity. Don't waste your time, devil. I'm not going back to Nick. I'm not going back to the thing that I spat out. Amen. I'm happy with Jesus. I never felt one time in my life too much church. I'm just glad to go to church. I love to go to church. I love the singing, the shouting, the dancing. Whatever it does is fine with me. I'm having a good old time with Jesus. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Now God is Jealous. Any husband who's not just ain't worth a a kiss. Folks didn't hear that. Any husband who's not just is not worth a kiss. Hallelujah. God is jealous. He will not share His glory with another except with His church. He will not share His image with anybody else except His converts. He will not share his throne with anybody except the people that follows him. Praise God. He said, you going to sit with me in my throne. He kicked out David for the same ambition. I mean, the devil for the same ambition. He kicked him out. Praise God. Now, here's God saying, come out of her, my people. Now, church, it is sad to say, in these last days, instead of believers anchoring in Jesus we're loosening up we are letting go the world is in the church and not the church in the world that ch- and that's why the world says why bother go to church you guys are no different you dress like we dress you talk like we talk you live like we live so what's the difference?" Come on, you go to a, a billing institution. I don't, but I. But we live the same thing. Do the same thing. Church, it ought not to be. They should see a difference. They should know that you're different. They should take knowledge that you had been with Jesus. The only way Peter could separate himself from that girl's belief was to start cussing and swearing and carrying on. And she knew that Jesus don't talk that way. That's why she left him alone. But you say, your speech betrays you. The way you talk. Now, I don't know about you folks. I've had precious men of God I've been with. And I can't do everything they do. I can't believe everything they believe. And I can't sit where they all want to sit. You say, well, you got bad company. No. But there's a thing called revelation. There must be a time in your life where you said, I am not disobedient to the revealing of God's Word to me. Paul told him, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision I had. He said, I cannot recant on what God has made known to me. And what some would call heresy, so worship I, the God of my Father. He's saying, I cannot Cannot be disobedient to this revelation. Now I want to tell you, beloved. Everybody in Joseph's family didn't have visions. Everybody in David's family didn't have the same commitment to the cause. Hello, Amen. There are twelve tribes in Israel, but only two, Amen, stuck it out with God, and the rest didn't. Amen. And so, we read in the Bible, God says, come out from her. Now, the word is come out is a command. It's a command. Come out. The commanding chief says that. Of her. Who is her? Now, church, I'm going to tell you some preamble why you should come out of her. I believe when Israel became a nation, that's the sign of the coming of Jesus more than we've ever seen before. When the Hebrew language returned back to that nation, it's a sign to people who understand, who have a revelation, divine inspiration from God. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by nations, and become a cup of trembling in the hand of the nation of the world, you know it's the time for Christ to return. When you hear about people crying for peace and safety, you know, you're at the door. You can see it. When you see Gog and Magog, Amy licked it up with, with Persia and Iran to come against Israel and, uh, and and the truth of God's word, you know we are at the door. We're at the coming of the Lord. Earthquakes and famine and pestilence and all of these things happening. And in the midst of that, Jesus warned us, let no man deceive you. Notice that. Let no man, a church, no man, that means all people are unsuspect. No matter who they are, king or pope or priest or bishop or prelates, whatever they call themselves, or deacons or evangelists, everybody is suspect for deception. He said, let no man take your crown. Now, the Lord knew when he comes They'll be falling away. He said, when I come, shall I find faith in the earth? He can't be talking about the world. Because the world never had faith in Him in the first place. He's talking about faith in His people. The people of God are making accommodation for things that call for taking a stand. Amen. And we're loosening up because we're not acceptable to the world in the way we are. Many people go on a job and they compromise their values. There's a little restaurant in town. I don't like to go there because those girls, they're slaves to what the dress code is. They demean themselves, they, they expose themselves in the most horrible fashion. And you can tell they feel embarrassed, but just for a lick of a few dollars, they sell their values. Church, this is not the time for us to put our head in the lap of Delilah. Delilah does not mean you any good. She's lying, but she loves you. She wants to cut your connection with God off. And once she tampered with what's sacred, then she cuts you off from God. Once you're cut off, then you become weak like any other man. I'm telling you, church, we are not just an ordinary church. But we can become. When he walks out, the devil walks in. Praise the Lord. And so God is trying to tell us something here. And the apostles fought and even lost their lives because they took a stand against the times that they lived in. They were beaten. They were whipped. They were imprisoned. They were rejected. They were scorned. They were mocked. They were jeered. They went through hardship in order to keep the fellowship of the Holy Spirit of God with them. I'm going to ask the question, will God have to apologize to them if he let us in on easy street. I don't believe God ever apologized to anybody. I believe God have the same plumb line in this local church like he had on the day of Pentecost. The requirement is not watered down, it is not altered, it is the same. Now, back then, they were gods back there. There were religions back there. There were doctrines of all sorts. I mean, they came out of 400 years of silence where God wasn't talking to them. When Jesus Christ came, he saw Pharisees, Sadducees, Essenes, Herodians. You name it, they were there. Zelotes. They were not of God. But they had a resemblance of God. God put it this way. Professing they know God but denying in action. Having a form of godliness, but denying the works thereof. And you're you're the answer. From such, turn away. The worst thing that can happen to you and me is to become familiar with the abnormal and make spiritual accommodation to that which is abhorrent to God. There must be some things that trouble us. There must be a sighting that said, is there not a cause? There must come a time when you and I step out and show our valiance for truth. Become valiant for truth. Praise the Lord. God always teaches separation. He says, out of Egypt have I called... My son, God always called his people out. He hasn't changed. God called, amen, Lot out of Sodom. His wife didn't want to. She stayed behind and she lost her soul. Her children did not want to leave. And they stayed and they perished in the flame. But God did call them out. God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. Say, so you can't stay here and have me. You can't stay here and have your promises. You know, I'm amazed how the devil can talk to you and you you listen to him and upset your day. Satan talked to me every day. I just ignore him. I say, you're not the voice of my God. You are a God of this world. You're not my God. I don't take orders from you. You don't need me. You don't control me. I, I'm not owned by you. Get out of my life. That's exactly what I do every day. Just tell them, out. No room for Satan. Praise the Lord. The world knows where you really stand. They're not stupid. They know where you really are. And God is calling His children out. Amen. Now, church, there's a time when Jehu was to fulfill the prophecy of Elijah. And the Bible says he went to a house of God and it was filled with worshipers now of Baal and Jehovah. There's something wrong when you can sit in an atmosphere that's not of God and not get stirred. Amen. Don't get familiar with what God hates. When I pray, you know I pray? God, let me hate what you hate. God, let me love what you love. Let me keep your commandments. Let me never grieve your spirit. you got to pray deliberately and audibly so Satan can know that which team you're on. He must have no problem knowing what side you're on. He said, now, now Jehu did not want to destroy God's people. With the Baal worshippers, even though they should not be there. One of the most dangerous king in the Bible was Jehoshaphat. That guy knew the truth, but hang around somebody who did not have the truth. Three times, God had to rescue him from that relationship. Amen. Three times. Amen. One time, he wanted to go to Ramoth Gilead, and he heard the lying prophecy and knew it was alive but still went anyhow. Even though he was told the truth, he ignored the truth and went just to keep fellowship in line. And the Bible says he almost lost his life. God being merciful, God spared him an arrow in his back or his rib. The prophet asked him, why do you do this? Next time he wants to go on a trip to find gold and go with Ahab and his relatives and God said, no, we and break the ship. I said, what are you doing with this guy? Why are you hanging around this? You're hanging around weakness. You're going to hurt you. Another time God has to risk him again. He wants to go to battle with the same old guy again. It's called besetting sins. That's so easily beset us. Why do I want to hang on to this when it's costing me ruin? Amen. The liar was a liar. I love you. You don't love me. Tell me where your strength is. Yeah? It's a secret. Why does she want to know? Because she can plunder his faith. Anyway, Joasaphat wanted to go to battle, and he got caught in a drought. Couldn't get no water. Elisha met him and said, What are you doing with this guy? How many times must you run with this guy? God is not with him. Why are you in the situation? Amen. He says, I'm going to give water just for your sake. But church, God does not always rescue his church. At some point, he backs out and says to Judas, do what's in your heart. Do what you plan on doing. But I'm not going to rescue you this time. Three and a half years I've done it. No more. You're on your own. Do what you really want to do. God does not want us to perish with the wicked. God called all the Jehovah's worshipers. He said, get out of this building, all the Jehovah's worshipers, and chase them out. Because he planned to kill the Baal worshipers. Then he put at the gates men with sword and said, don't let anybody get out of this building except a Jehovah worshiper. And if you let one get out, your life goes for that, their life. And he slew all the Baal worshippers. Now, church, it was not God's will that Israel be contaminated. God wants you, church, to be separated, not assimilated. And let me tell you, friend, even though Noah was eight persons on the ark, it didn't embarrass God one bit. Even though the Garden of Eden was going to be empty and nobody was going to be there because <laughs> the couple sinned all against him with the devil, God didn't get bothered by it. God still drove them out. He'd rather have an empty garden than a compromised garden. Amen. Now, I been the church is the same way. The church today... Have got to come out from this world. We got to come out. Amen. Don't apologize that to your kids for holiness. Don't make me a dragon to your child. So a pastor said we can't do it. Pastor said nothing. God says everything. The Bible says. The Word of God declares. Stand on your faith. Declare your pedigree. You what will happen when you do that? Your child will say to you like Jephthah's daughter, Daddy, don't break your vow to God for me. Let's worship the Lord. Now, church, who is God speaking to? Come out of her, my people. If you go to the seventh church in Revelation, you're going to get a divine inspiration here. Ephesus lost her first love. Hello? Ephesus fell in love with something that was not God. And God, being jealous, said, If you continue like this, I'm going to move your candlestick. Church, does that mean? Displacement. I'm going to throw you out. That's how serious God is. Amen. Amen. When God wanted to tell Israel how serious he was, he said, go down to Shiloh and see what I did to it. Look did right to my ark. I gave it in the hand of the Philistines. Those boys thought they were eternally secure. He said, no, no, they weren't. I let the Philistines whip their hide and took away their ark and gave it back to them with the absence of the rod that budded and the pot of manna. They got it back robbed. Are you with me? Now, church... And the Bible said Ephesus was messed up. Then got said, Smyrna, you choose how you want to die. Die a compromiser or die a martyr's death. If you take a stand and you suffer and you die, you will live again. But if you chose to compromise and give in to the dictate of your adversaries, then you will die and you will die the second death. But if you take a stand and be unmovable, <laughs> grounded, and not give in to the whims of the devil who's coming against you in Smyrna, he said, look, you will live and reign with me in paradise. Praise God. We go down, amen, to Tyre, Tyre and Pergamos. And we see some situation there that is depicting of today, church, today. In those churches, there was an infiltration of a lifestyle that was not of God. Amen. Ephesus was able to get away from the Nicotian doctrine, but Tyra Tyra embraced it. Pergamos loved it. Now, church, they did not give up all the truth, but they make accommodation for things that God Said it's not good. And Nicholas brought into the doctrine that God says, I hate. And Balaam brought in his doctrine. And the church, instead of pushing it out, they embraced it. They embraced it with open arms. And the Bible said, God says, I'm going to fight against them. Now, church, who's going to win? You fight against God, and God will fight against you. There's not going to be one champion. It won't be you. You're going to be the victim. And God said, "Look, I'm going to fight against you, except you get that out of my church." You know why? Because the church is the bride of Christ in waiting. Now, Joseph was not wrong in wanting to put away Mary. Mary was suspect. She's pregnant, but not for Joseph. He knew it was not his baby, and he was concerned that she was playing the harlot or a fornicator or an adulterer. And he could have put her through the the, the execution process of the priest, but he didn't want to put her aside. And the Holy Ghost said, no, she is clean. That's what we want to hear from God, that we are immaculate clean, no matter what the world says. We want to make sure that we are not, in God's eyes, in your reputation. So God said to Smyrna, you can live again if you die for what's right. In other words, don't give in to what the devil wants you to do. Take a stand, pay the price, and I'll raise you up on that day. Tyra, Tyra, he said, look, a man got killed in your midst. Amen? And you guys killed him. Pergamus, you did the same thing. Jezebel got into the group. Now, church, in my Bible, Jezebel always was representation of what? Painted face. The very looks of today. Church, it's a terrible thing. There used to be a theater in town here. down Downtown. And folks used to badger us. I said, just a minute. After the movies are over, our diggers are out, or all those porn shops are open up and they're going home. And your church and our church release our people at the same time. Which of us are gonna blend in the crowd? From head. To toe who stands out. God church is like a speck of bird. She stands out, she shows up, she cannot be hid. I'm trying to tell you, church, if you let go of football stadium crowd, and you release these churches and their congregation, they blend. You cannot tell the difference. Hello? You can't tell the difference. Now in my Bible, a king's daughter wore a different garment. A priest could be seen a mile off. A man that was blind could easily be told. So you could look at him Until you got the garment, that spot, and said, This guy is blind. A guy with leprosy, you could tell he's a leper by the way he attired. In church, there should be no difference. You must tell a person that belongs to God. The litical priesthood law, you may say it's changed, it's demolished, you're wrong. It's written in your heart. God still is the same. But he wrote the law now in the tablets of our heart that we become living epistle, seen, known, and read by all men. Are you me? God is saying, love not the world. Well, what's the world? What is the world? Are the things that are in the world? What are those things? What are those things? Because if anybody loved Those things, then the love of Christ is not in us. You know, I've been to places, and my wife has always been taught by me anyway. The way you go, we make sure we don't violate anybody's rules. As long as their rules don't violate the Bible. Ooh. I'm not a crusader. But I'm a believer. And and, and, and and these people, and I'm not picking anybody in particular here or anywhere, they would cut their hair off like the nuns do. The nuns are bald. Every nun in the city is bald. She shaved her head off. Her entire hair. Bald. And then what she does, she picks up a veil, and she put it on. And she said that's the covering that the Bible speaks of. That's not true. That's not true. Shave, shortness, or, 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 or cut does not link with a veil of material. There are no fabric in life that is attached to salvation. Nothing that's organic or can be destroyed is associated with salvation. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let me show you something here. A Levite, I mean a, a Nazarite, must have his hair long, a man. If he trim uh, one-eighth of an inch off it, He's defiled. To God it's as if he cut the whole thing. And God demand him to shave it. You just lost your covenant. That's amazing. In the Bible, when a woman is is in question for adultery, and her husband has the spirit of jealousy, and can't prove that she had done something wrong. He'd go to the priest. I mean, complain, and the priest would bring her to the to, to the temple, and he would take a thing and shave her, honestly, bald, shave her hair completely off, and take her hair and some of the dust of the floor of the situation, and put it into a brew, and mixed it up, and ask her one more time. Did you commit adultery fornication? If she said yes, go store to anyhow, it doesn't matter. So she may lie. So she lied. She said, Now drink this. And she would drink that. It's called the trial of jealousy. Whether she played the whore, a fornicator or adulterer. It was given to her and she drank it. If she was pure, nothing would happen to her. And she would lead it with a blessing from God. And she'd have many children after that situation. But only one problem she would have. She'd to explain to her neighbor why her hair is missing. It meant she was in a compromising situation where she was in question for possibly jealousy. And that brought shame. Because if you're dead, you can't be ashamed. You don't be ashamed if you're alive and you survive the courthouse. I understand that. And so, if she did sin, then the Bible said that her navel would rot and her thigh would rot and she would die. Hello. Now, you can argue with God, you know. Well, God, what, what do you mean by that? God is telling the priest how to put her in trial and so her hair, which is her power, her hair, which is her glory, her hair, which is her symbol of authority, to her husband, was on trial. Now, I know the modern world say, it doesn't matter, we could have unisex, we can have so-called sex, whatever, of every kind, and the church buys into it. But nobody picks up the word of God, but they picked up this her doctrine, this her doctrine to come out of her. That word, don't let the influence of Jezebel affect my church. He said, I see in Pergamus, the influence of Jezebel. What was she doing? Seducing my servants to commit fornication and adultery. Is that right? And God said, if you don't fix it, I'm going to kill her and you and the convert. Uh oh. Jesus said that? Sure did. Church, I'm talking to you right now, we're on the verge of the coming of Jesus. If this church is a pervert, we're not gonna make it. If this church, amen, is a compromise in the church, we're not gonna make it. Because at the gate he's gonna stand there. Hallelujah. And what it is shallow is a reminder to us he hasn't changed. He said, I'm the Lord I change that. Now, now folks, I'm telling you right now. In in her they can do whatever they want. But in here, we do what he wants. Ooh, hallelujah. God said, Pergamus, you're out. We're going to fight against you. What's happening here? What's the, but I got some in Pergamus who have not known the depth of Satan. Them I'm going to redeem. And the rest I'm going to thrash. Hello? Then we'll go down to a place called Sardis and God said, you're all dead. <laughs> you're not going to walk with me. I'm not walking with corpses. Hello? Church, if you search your Bible, he's talking to oneness churches. He's not talking to Protestant and Trinitarians. They're all oneness. You know I know that? The church in Ephesus got started in Acts 18 and 19. Yes. The church of Laodicea is in the book of Acts. Think about it. And these churches, and the church in Tyre, Tyre, where Lydia got saved, we know that they came by the book of Acts. We know their belief, and they believe in one God, but somehow they were penetrated and they were permeated by false doctrine, and they accommodated it. And God was angry. Because God teaches separation or you will not have any presence with me. Amen. And God told Sardis, you're not walking with me. Your garments are messed up. He said, look, Sardis, you're dead. And there's some ready to die. But guess what? I found out something. you got some among you They will walk with me in white for they're worthy. Now this her in modern day religion I don't know if you folks know this every year in Rome a bunch of women who supposedly want to serve God have sworn to celibacy and they go to the Vatican and they perform a wedding rites on them one is shave their head bald they dress up in wedding gowns honestly they get married to a man. They're all dressed up. With the crown on. Hello. There's a wedding cake there. And there's a golden ring. Given to them because they're married to the bride of Christ. As the bride of Christ. And they put their right hand, the left hand, I think it was their left hand, one of his hands put out. And they put a ring on their finger. It says, from now on, no other man shall know you. Because now you are the bride of of Christ now if you think I'm lying you go check it out and they go through that ritual the priest does the same thing he claims he's married to Christ as the bride of Christ and he goes through that ritual and he puts on a ring and that gives him the rights for a relationship with that lady because they represent Christ hello now folks a question for you. Is that biblical? The bride of Christ is seen in Revelation 19. Please, be honest with yourself, church. Now, I don't care what the world does. I've got to this church, that pastor. I want you to ask for yourself. Show me one drama of wedding like they do out there. Please show it to me. From Genesis, Mary, Adam, and Eve. You tell me, where do you find that drama? It's not there. That's what God is calling us out from. If we accept the world modification of relationship, then homosexuality is all right. Because the Bible is irrelevant. Because you can't find homosexuality word in the Bible. That word is not there. But it does say a man cannot lay with another mankind as womankind. And God says you cannot lay womankind with Womankind as with mankind. Now what am I trying to say to you now? Churches have accommodated that to suit kings, governments, laws, and the church, and if we're not careful, we'll be the same thing and wink at it. But it didn't start suddenly, it crept in unaware. Little accommodation. Now we see preachers with earrings in. Now I want to ask the question, what is the difference between an earring in your ears, or in your nose, or in your toe, or in your finger? Does the location make a difference? No. No! Just like God is not geographical. Where did it come from? Now my church... This pastor, you're going to stick with the Word of God. I am in the book. I'm not outside the book. I don't care what tradition says. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what organization says. I don't care what religion says. I do what's in the book. When Adam married Eve, what we do today is not in the Bible. And Jesus correcting marriage says, "In the beginning, it was not so." Outcome it's short it today. And what is he calling us out of? I want to ask you to be honest with yourself, church. We have many Josephats in Pentecost. They know it's wrong, but they prefer culture more than Christian scripture, tradition more than truth. And there is the dying, take a chance and face Jesus and hear those words. Depart. I didn't know you. That word "know you" is the word "new you." Come from a marital relationship. Hello, come on, church. These artificial hair, braided hair. Where they come from? Africa, Egyptian culture. Look it up. Go on a trip. Travel. Look at their pictures. Why in the church? Why did Peter says not with braided hair? Why did Peter say those things? Well he didn't mean that. He means well what did he mean? Church, when you mention fasting, my flesh says, Oh no. Bible. You gotta do it. Pray again. The Bible says pray always. But it's in the Bible. We don't like it. You see, people rather take a chance on God and be lost. And you know what? When you die, friend, you, it doesn't matter anyhow. Well, I can't go to God if I can't can sip my cocktail. If I can't drink my wine. If I can't do the same. When well, you die, have to do that. You might as well do it for Christ. Let me tell you what marriage is all about. 2 Corinthians 11. Go there. Now, church, this pastor has studied this thing to death. I can't fight it in the Scripture, but I can fight it in culture. And Jesus Christ said, "Howbeit, You make the Word of God of none effect. By your tradition. You know the scripture. That you may keep your tradition. Well, you can if you want to. But I hope it doesn't matter when you stand before Jesus. Because all scriptures are given by divine inspiration. And profitable for doctrine. That the man of God may be thoroughly furnished. Preaching truth. Truth have no friends. Truth is not popular. Truth is not common. You have to search for it. You have to dig for it. You have to go far to get it. But some people are going to get it because the Father is seeking true worshipers. You say, does it matter? Well, you explain this to me. This guy was invited to the supper, and he came. I they not give him a chance to change. He wouldn't change. Right? He was invited. He came as he was. But you know, the king gave him his clothes to change it. He wouldn't change. The man came to the door. The lord of the feast looked around and said, Boy, you don't match this crowd. What are you doing here? Huh? <laughs> hey, silence don't mean approval. One well, of the most deceiving things happened to our world, and I said it very carefully, God pouring out his spirit on all flesh. It didn't matter what condition you're in, you will still pour out the Holy Ghost. You could be shocking up, and God still gives the Holy Ghost. That's shocking, isn't it? And that's the difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost acts as a priest. The Holy Spirit is the judge. You seek us by spirit, and you're done. So, what's the difference? Because the Holy Ghost is a redemptive work. The Redeemer who to have compassion on those who are out of the way. When Ananias' fire dropped, they said, "You, you, you lie to the Spirit, and you die." Chapter 11. What does it say right there? I have espoused you as to one husband. The Pope is not that husband. But I want to tell you, a lot of are married. The Pope and don't even know it. If you practice his doctrine, you belong to him. If you've been in the Trinity, but you you are a, a Roman Catholic, whether I get it or not, that's what you are. You put on their colors, that's what you are. We walk in Pentecostal church today, those bishops dressed like a pope, with mitres on their head, and all the colors, and all the regalia. Where it came from? Do they know what it really means? Nimrod in the church? Is that the apostles? You and God call that strange apparel. What is the difference, church, between our world today? Well, the pastor. In, in the town, they tell me, well, oh, pastor, well, how are people go where wear married? Guess what? In those churches, they shack up and they're not even married. And they still wear rings on. To protect their unlawful relationship by a tradition that's not of God. It doesn't stop them from committing adultery. It doesn't stop them from doing it. And after it, it has no power. A ring or any kind of serpent, actually, the ring came from the serpent's tail. It is symbolic of the serpent winding his tail and putting it in his mouth. I mean, eternal. There's no system thing as eternal marriage. It is a lie. Jesus says in the grave, it ends. A ring represents eternal marriage. My father can't go to heaven and claim my mom as his wife. It just don't happen. But in Salt Lake City, there's a place where celestial marriage takes place. Amen. And Joseph Smith says, okay. But Joseph Smith comes out of the harlotry from the great whore. Now, church, I'm talking to you. I don't care what the world does. You see, people say, well, you can't spank other people's kids, but spank your own. Amen. I espoused you unto one husband. My question tonight is, if the nun got married in white dress, shouldn't all the Catholics come to church in their white gowns on and get married too? You mean the bride of Christ is just the nuns only? Because that's what they are by their marriage Germany. Church... You're trying to tell me there's a power in my wife wearing a hat? Just let me a hat. Let me a hat. I know you home me to do that. This one thing. Get this from me. Please, get it. Great. I want to borrow a hat from you. Please. Hallelujah. I want to ask you a question here, folks, tonight. Is there any power in a hat? I'm going to tell you there's power in your hair. You had cancer. And I told God, don't touch your hair. And nothing came off it. Your cancer is gone. When a woman got cancer and her hair falls off, she's embarrassed. She buys a wig because she feels ashamed. Now, folks, is that a shame? Why are you laughing at me for? Can she wear my cap? (laughs) Can she wear my cap? Now you're laughing. Now you know, uh, Sister Neil. Sister Neil, can, can, can I borrow you a dress? You borrow my pants. You'll accept her wearing my pants, but you won't accept me wearing her dress. Twisted culture. Go ahead, sure. go viral. On, 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 uh. Go viral, uh, show sure, everybody. Christy gone crazy. going <laughs> I wear my dress next week? <laughs> I'm a high heel boots. Church, who's her? I espouse you to one what? Husband. One what? Who is that husband? Who's the husband? When you married him, did he give him a ring? I thought. Adam and Eve represent the natural marriage to take place here, which represent the marriage of Christ. Ephesians chapter 6 says that Christ and the, the church. Now we've got rings in churches on their tongue, in their ears, the man. Like the woman in the eyebrow. We're going back to where we came from. Backsliding. Paganism. And we got women behind the pulpit saying, God the song with shaven hair. Bobbed off hair. Wearing what God called abomination trousers. That belongs to a man. And talking in tongues. I don't think it's of God. Because God didn't send fire on the sacrifice of Cain. He was illegal, what he did. Now, what God talking to us about? It's about Rome church. Rome. Rome is what's in the church. You see this picture right here on the wall? We are living right here. Right here. But all this right here is a Roman system. We got Pentecostal bishop. Church, can you find the Bible? Suffrage bishop. Prelates. Can you find that in there for me? Church, you know, I, I wonder about my wife. I thank her for telling me to dress right. When I come to church, what, what do we would do if I come tomorrow and my collar turned backward. She said, Pastor, you forgot to dress properly. Do you need a mirror? Where did it come from? Where does this guy put this dog colour backwards? What does that mean? Absolutely zero. It's wrong. Okay, all of us were purple today, and you were yellow because you're less than me. And you were green. And we're gonna come in red, white, and blue. Which one are you? But devil laugh at that nonsense. Huh? I'm being frank with the church, but we see Rome has got its hand in our faith. Rome gave us Christmas. Rome gave us Easter. Churches sending me cards. Thank God is the reason for the season. No, He has nothing to do with it. Come out. It's about time we Pentecostal burn some idols. When they came to Ephesus, they burned bad books. Now church, if you think I'm wrong, and you're a biblical, I was called a church, I'm only use say of God. Compare chapter 19 of Revelation to chapter 17. We go there, please. And what's the difference between these two? I want you to look at the bride of Christ. Here we have a scarlet colored beast, a woman, sitting on the beast, which is Satan. Are you with me? Satan is in the church. Behind the and homosexual and lesbians in the music trying to sing a song to a holy God because there is no prophet among them in chapter 17 please compare that with chapter 19 beloved be honest the simplicity of the attire. The linen. The linen. The white, pure linen. No gold. No jewelry. No deck out. Don't you want to look like the bride? You, you can't be. Don't want to look like it? Well, pastor. Hey, you know, church, you can hold your tradition and go to hell if Jesus says in vain you worship me. Mark 7, 17, 7 says, In vain you worship me, teaching for commandments, huh? For doctrine, the commandments of men! You can't find scripture what you're practicing! It's not there! It's like baptism of the Father and the Holy Ghost. You can't find scripture without practice. It's in Jesus' name! Huh. You say, Well, Pastor, you try to tell me, so, Bishop, so and so he's not saying. Sister and says, I don't care who they are. Nobody's above Scripture. Not even the apostles. The Scripture is above everybody. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Now what's the difference? What is the difference? God called her pure. Paul says she's a virgin church. In chapter 70, she's a whore. Huh? the mother of what? Harlots. You know to harlots mean? Read chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians. It means you're playing footsie with a false doctrine. It means you make accommodation with false doctrine. Do you know that in the United States and Canada right now? If I sit in a meeting where they're plotting to burn down Canada and they know about it, they'll arrest me too. Yes, I'm an accomplice. Come out of her, my people. Halloween night, churches Decorate their kids like demons, devil. Those same kids won't play Calvary. Boy, Friday was a good service, but tonight it's all dead. You see, I don't care who don't come to this church or who does come. I want to. Know if I get into heaven. Then I'll talk to everybody else. I've got to be saved, and I preach to be saved, and I'm going to preach the word, not culture. I'm not going to preach, amen, what everybody wants me to say. I want to preach what God in His Word says. Because when I stand before Him and He begins to judge me, I say, God, it is written. Sukha Mahaya. I can't teach you that communion should be had with sugar and water. <laughs> like some guys do with crackers and play around games. No, I can't do that. I can't give you communion with strong liquor. You just love, left left with your booze problem and now I read drugs back into you? What kind of preacher is that? Hello. Come on, beloved. You know, folks come in and want to rent my building. I can't have them up there doing sacrilegious stuff while my church is sanctified. Oh no. Oh no, church. No, 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 no. I ain't ready to talk to no devil. Well, Pastor, you can make some money not that way. Not that way. Let's do it right. You see, when you preach that the crowd falls off. When Jesus says, Eat my flesh and drink my blood, then they all just departed. Church. There's coming a time of separation. Weed from tares. Sheep from goat. Holy from the unholy. Come on, somebody. Children of Satan and children of God. And the angels cannot be deceived. Church, I don't want you to be lost. If I preach to you wrong, your blood is on my hand. But if I preach to you the truth and you walk it on it, then his blood on your feet. But if you obey the truth, that His blood is on your heart. And you're sanctified. Come on, somebody. I don't want this woman to reign over me. She's not my mother. She's not my mother. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. She's not my queen. Amen. And you should read chapter 18. I'm not going through the church. I want to talk to you about it. The kings of the earth as fornicate with her. And look where she said on the seven hills of Rome. Call no man on earth. What? Father. One is your... Church. Is this alright? Boy, it doesn't matter. Cause that's how we build this church. We came this far preaching exactly like this. You know, they told me, you will never have one convert. God said nothing. The Lord added to His church such as. Church, what's going to happen? Let's think. I'm not done, but I'm going to stand before you. You all fall dead on me here. Come here, honesty. I'm going to be around to see this. But when you reach 25... And 30, you're going to know if you had a good mother or a bad mother. A good dad or a bad dad. You're going to know that. Because you're going to be affected. And you can either praise them, like I said in Proverbs, or curse them. That's an honest truth. I don't believe that. She will. You didn't tell me the truth? You knew I was going astray. Huh? But just to please me. Hello, you didn't tell me the truth. They will know. And church, everybody who leaves this world either curse their pastor or praise him. I guarantee you, they either curse him or they praise him. Because if the Lord said depart, they're going say that's what he told me. I've gone through all. I, I said, God. I will not teach them Catholicism, but Catholicism gave birth to Protestantism. We are not Protestant. Maybe you are, but I'm not. Protestant is protesting. Hallelujah. You know, Christina, every time I go to the airport and I go without my wife, they say, where is your wife? Nobody look at my fingers. They look at, they look at standing beside me. They say, you're going by yourself. I said, honey, to start coming with me. I go to a restaurant and I said, where is your wife? I go to a priest and I said, hey, come and see this. that came without his wife. Can't believe it. That was her choice, not my choice. She chose not to come. They were looking at my fingers. This don't make me married to her. A lot of guys have done that and don't live up to nothing. Can't you find a scripture that confirms a godly behavior? You say, well, pastor, that's culture. And church culture. But it's wrong. Would you buy his church? And when I preached on Friday, you, you jump and you shout it. Thank you, Sr. Neal. Why do you shout tonight? What if it does matter. Well, pastor, the weather is so cold, I'm freezing to death. Sister Cheryl, I've been to the museum in Edmonton. I saw First Nation riding horses on long dresses. They never wore it till Europeans came here. They wore pants. Hello? Africa. I was in Nigeria and in Abuja there were trousers elsewhere that were dresses. But they said slow it's moving in. As he it can tell those who went abroad and those who haven't. I'm asking you tonight. I'm not trying to change anybody, only God can change people. But Pastor, can you preach the truth to us? Can you please tell me the truth? If there's a train to tell me. If there's holiness, show me. If I'm living in a way that could compromise my getting in, let me know. Let me know. At least let me decide. Now, if you chose not to obey God's word, you don't hurt me. I'm not so offended. I'm so I still love you. I'm still thinking the grace things and slice bread. I'm with you all the way. I'm not the one on the gatekeeper. I'm not Peter. I'm not Jesus. I'm just delivering a message to you and telling you, friend. Come out of her. On your way home. Drive by the hospital. You're going to see a statue like this. It was one time painted pink. Now it's painted white. Nobody calls it abomination. But they'll call what we teach here abomination. You hear me? My Bible, which is the right version Bible. Nobody will support it. But it's right. It's right. Church, if God's talking to you tonight, I want you to say, God, I need all the light I can get. Would you stand by this altar? Say, Lord, I believe the truth. I believe the true report. I'm not interested in culture or tradition. I'm not going to crusade. May understand the scripture just to to be a nasty guy out there? No, but when I get the pulpit, I must preach the truth. I want these young boys and young girls in my absence to preach the truth. I want to know what we believe, and why we believe it. I want to know that we're not here to accept some new doctrine. It's not a new doctrine. It's right. The apostles, Amen. Believe this. Praise God. I say Hallelujah. Now, Pastor Neal, there's a guy come here tried to cause havoc in our church. Across the road, a bunch of kids got saved, and uh, he's going around with a track. Listen, church, get on the track and try to show people. whether well, everybody in his organization don't believe this. Does that make it right or wrong? There's a kid. In your house, Sister O'Donnell has no right to tell your kids how to live. Is that right? Volunteer today is shipwreck. A whole bunch of them shipwreck. God will send fire and protect truth. God's not come back for Pentecostals, Baptists, (laughs) Catholics. He's coming for true worshippers that worship Him. You say, well, Pastor, 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 you're the only one that believe that. So is Noah. Well, are you the only one that saved? So is Noah. When truth comes, embrace it. Innocency, God said, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness. I've seen things in Africa, those guys didn't know any better. You know what God does? Still save them. But me, I can't do it. Because I know better. I have information that they didn't have. Lord Jesus, test this church right now. Let them join hands and hearts with me. And so, Lord, I'm coming out.